This is Unfilter, episode 170 for December 16th, 2015. So encryption, encryption is now becoming a key tool for terrorists and a big, huge headache for those trying to stop them. The Fed's now raising concerns over how to continue to be able to track suspects and stop potential plots. FBI Director Comey citing the attack in Garland, Texas, to explain the problems they are seeing with trying to figure out these new coded messages. Fresh off the Republican debate. And now for the last show of 2015. This is Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you shouldn't be watching. Special hi to all the Patreons out there, our awesome chat room. My name is Jason, uh, running the board this week. Mr. Chris Fisher. Hey, Chris. Mr. Chase, I hope today we can once again serve our purpose as the vegetables for the mind. Ah. I hope people have been avoiding the news because we've got the biggest stories you need to worry about, the stuff that actually makes a dent in the universe this week right here in the Unfiltered Show. Yes. I'm pretty pumped up. Not only is this our last show of 2015. Last show of the year! It's a huge show, and we have something that's, I hope, going to be very fun and unique for our supporters over the holidays while we're gone. Yeah. I have something kind of neat that I will reveal. It's a secret plan that I hatched. You evil man. I uh, I know, I know, and I can't wait to tell. <laughs> but really, we do have to start the show this week in the cyber section. We have a lot to cover. Cyber, oh, terrorism. Oh, uh, ASL? Cyber? Yeah. No, not that. Sorry. Oh. No. I know. I know. I was having a conversation with the chat room today. It's like, I still today. You want a cyber? I can't help but think that. <laughs> I know, well, I can't. But that's what it's called now, know, man. That's what it's called now. Uh, we're also... Uh, Huge news. We are we are recording while there is something massive developing right now as we record. You know what it is, Chase? What's that, Chris? Brace yourself. I'm, I'm hold on. I'm braced. Mr. Kerry has gone to Moscow. Oh, really? Is he uh is he low on like vodka or something? He has struck a deal Probably and Assad animal. doesn't necessarily have to go. We're gonna get into that. What? Whoa. And I've got a theory Whoa. as to why this is a huge things that are happening the mainstream media isn't reporting on this week. Plus some big things with Turkey, Iraq is starting some issues. We have some interesting highlights from the debate. Big news for drones in the U.S. of America, and we have some good news we'll be ending on today. But we do have to start in the quote-unquote cyber section of the show and about this new fallout about the dangers of social media and not vetting it properly for terrorism. There is new fallout today over a bombshell report. The Obama administration deliberately ignored social media accounts of U.S. visa applicants because... They thought it was bad PR. That's a move critics say may have allowed the San Bernardino killer, Tashreen Malik, to freely enter the country despite yeah. online postings about Woo! jihad. Oh, gosh. House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Michael McCall telling us. <laughs> All right. So uh, we could have known ahead of time if we were just looking at social media. In fact, here's another clip that tells us that. That we've got disturbing revelations that Homeland Security may have missed some serious red flags Whoa. on one of the San Bernardino shooters. Wait, 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 wait stop, the- stop, stop the show. What, 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 wait, what? They missed some red flags. I thought that the huge vetting red process huge red is flags. thorough. Ginormous red flags. You want to hear what they are? Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to tell us. Leak reportedly posted multiple pro jihadi statements. Online. Now we have these reports. Every single mainstream media is reporting multiple jihadi posts online. On Facebook and elsewhere, years 
before she applied to have a visa. And if we just had looked a little harder to enter the United well, States, I, but those wait a minute, I know why they didn't find it, Chris, because it was encrypted, right? I mean, they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't get to it because don't jump it, ahead, Jay. Those messages were never picked up on. They never picked in up part on it. because agents oh. are told that they should not be screening. I know the, why they didn't pick up on it. They didn't pick up on it because they were using some sort of foreign language, right? Social media of people who are applying for visas to this country because it could be bad for PR. They say it could be bad for PR. Or it could provoke a civil rights backlash. So we have a whole list of reasons here. They can't do it because it's bad for PR. It could provoke a civil rights backlash. They don't do it to screen visas. I'm confused, Chris. I thought they already had all this data. There's something called, what, PRISM, right? It, it, it filtered off the data and they could always go back and look at this stuff whenever they wanted to. This is an atrocity. I, this is I don't upsetting. understand. Wrap your head around that one. Nice. Now the Department of Homeland Security is reportedly saying that they're going to make some changes to this program. Now we have a report that they're going to make changes oh. because of this major error. What are they going to but do? But President Obama's own comments on ISIS show that his team knew wannabe terrorists were very active on social media. Yeah. They're a bunch of killers with good social media. ISIL is going to continue to be a deadly organization uh, because of its social media, the resources that it have, has, and... Uh, the, the, the networks of experienced fighters that it possesses. They are thugs and killers, part of a cult of death. So there you go. So why weren't we tracking social media from the beginning? But Texas Congressman... So so I'm so confused. Uh, help me, Chris. I mean, really, it sounds honestly, like, okay, me. all right. Because what do you, what do you, what's going on, buddy? So they talk about yeah. how, or first of all, I know we're going to get an encryption in later in the show, but they talk about how we need... We, they, need access to our social media, our tweets, our, our, our everything. But all that stuff in the, is in the open. It's in the public. It's not like they couldn't look at it right now. Right. Uh, what happened here? So this is pretty egregious, right? Because you yeah. have here, we, we have a report that they tweeted or, or Facebooked years about uh, before they wanted yeah. to come over and get a visa about right. being jihadi. Yeah. Uh, they just didn't look because it was against their policy and that they're going to Homeland Security is going to make changes, right? So obviously we have a big case that has to be reported wow. on. However, it turns out all of it is bullshit. There was never any social media posts. None of that ever happened. And this is why the media needs to actually link to the shit they're citing instead of just saying it. Here is your buddy. My good friend. James Comey. Ah, James. Mentioning, oh, by the way, yeah, there was never any social media posts. I don't know why people are reporting that. We can see from our investigation that in late 2013, before there is a physical meeting of these two people and resulting in their engagement and then journey to the United States, they are communicating online showing signs in that communication of their their joint commitment to jihad and to martyrdom. I.e., they can read the communications between the two people directly back early, like in 2012. Those communications are direct private messages. Because they can get those from Twitter. They can go to Twitter with a subpoena and get the right. DM. It's not encrypted, and it's a, a legal way of doing it. Twitter offers it up, and they report when they do in numbers. So far in this investigation, we have found no evidence of ah. posting on social media oh. by either of them at that period of time oh. and thereafter reflecting their commitment to jihad or to martyrdom. Wait, what did he say? What did he say, Chase? I, I think he said there were no posts. Social media by either oh, of no, them. Back it up a little bit that, more. More, more, a little, a little bit, bit here? more. Yeah, because I couldn't. I, I might have misunderstood because that whole think, Fox yeah, report. You, you yeah. might have cut him off, and you okay. know what? There's no. Did you uh, play the uh, Fox News alert bumper? Oh, you, I you should. Really should play that. Yeah. Fox News alert. Here we go, James. Direct Comey. private messages 
So far in this investigation, we have found no evidence of posting <laughs> on social media by either of them at that period of time and thereafter reflecting their commitment to jihad or to martyrdom. I've seen some reporting on that, and that's a garble. So if you have seen any reports this week about how garble. we have to make sure the visa process is more secure, how this was a major blunder by Homeland Security, how this is pathetic, the Obama administration ignored evidence. We have that clip that's, in the supporter sink. It's all BS. It's right? a garble. The investigation continues, <laughs> but we have not found that kind of thing. These communications are private, direct messages, not social media messages. That's directly from the director of the FBI. Those reports are completely, completely crap. Wow. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need to have new rules on encryption. We've got to have new rules. We've got to have insights. Oh, yeah. Law enforcement is blind to the plans of some terrorists because their communications are encrypted. Here's Nancy Cordes. This is where terrorists turn <laughs> oh, these look, days. Whoa. I know. Hey, wow. So, uh, did what, they have to pay for that plug? What's on the screen right now? It's a Telegram Messenger, which we use actually for communication within Jupiter Broadcasting. Yeah, we do. Telegram is pretty popular. And uh, so, uh, if you are curious, go watch last week's episode of TechSnap. Alan will break down for you why all of this is total bullshit. Telegram is not being used by terrorists, not more than maybe a few thousand. It is not being used to centralize communications that nobody can track. I don't know if this is some sort of incredible marketing campaign for Telegram or why Telegram is being singled out. Uh, so Telegram I, – actually, I do know why Telegram is being singled out. Telegram made a blog post a while back saying, hey, we found some people from ISIS were using our service and we kicked them off. And now we're also implementing some additional group features. Ah. Uh. Now the media is swarming around Telegram for this. When they want to talk undetected, a messaging app called Telegram, available for free on any smartphone. It's, it's the go-to application for terrorist communication. It's absolutely not. Wow. Who, Elliot Zweig is deputy director at the Middle East Media Research Institute. So he's at the Middle East Media Research Institute. So he's apparently qualified to tell you what all of the ISIS terrorists this is, are using. Wait, wait. Play, can you play the, that first sentence again? Yeah, man. This is the go... Wow. This is the... I, I think he said go-to. go-to application for terrorist communication. Wait, this is the go-to app for terrorist communication. Yeah. So I guess... We're using the GoTo app because we're terrorists. I guess so. Wow. Elliot Zweig is deputy director at the Middle East Media Research Institute. Telegram has set it up that even they themselves don't retain the information. They cannot monitor the content. And there are dozens of other apps just like it. There's actually oh. documented flaws in Telegram's encryption. And uh, if you had an agency like the NSA with any kind of resources, this is not an issue. Again, this goes back to my theory from last week's show. What if, and you're thinking they're too smart or too stupid to think of this, what if they already have a backdoor or they they've already have a way to look into it, but they're just trying to bait people to use it? No, I don't think so. I mean, you don't that, think so? No, the reason that the reason I don't think so is uh, terrorists aren't actually using these services. They're not going to. Right. Nothing the U.S. media says about that right. is going to make change. I'm their just mind. thinking it kind of that reverse advertising. No, I get you. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I get why you're yeah. saying it. Yeah. Uh, I do think it is maybe a bit to give you a false sense of security, but I don't think that's the intention behind it. All right, fair I, enough. I think it really is about selling the American public on why government should have a backdoor. Featuring powerful encryption, law enforcement can't crack. <gasps> That's actually not true. There are several papers now online published about how to crack Telegram. She can't that tell is you a that, big though. problem. 
We have to grapple with it. Comey again, director of the FBI. FBI director James Comey revealed Wednesday that one of the two men who tried to attack a Garland, Texas conference center. That was the Muhammad drawing contest. Uh, So he's going way back a little bit, you know, in terms of American shootings. In May, communicated with an overseas terrorist 109 times that morning. So this terrorist used encrypted communications 109 times that morning. How were they known to the number? Metadata, Chase. Okay, fair enough. And to this day, I can't tell you what he said with that terrorist 109 times the morning of that attack. So Congress is considering legislation that would compel tech companies to unscramble and hand over suspicious encrypted messages. Uh, Now, could you imagine if that actually happened? How how to get my inbox? (laughs) Sorry. Undermining of the of the competitiveness of U.S. tech companies. First of all, you can't force an open source project to do this. So that is going to, by a huge margin, give open source a major leg up. Second of all, you can't force companies outside the U.S. to do this. Like, you know, companies well, like... I mean, well, look what happened with Cisco with their hardware, right? Yeah. And, and how it was intercepted, unbeknownst to them, right. and modified. If you're already a U.S. company, they've already got you figured out if you have any kind of established base. Oh, yeah. And if you're outside the U.S., you know, like Telegram, there's nothing they can do. No. But many of these companies operate outside the U.S. Hey, you just Telegram said that, Chris. was founded by a Russian and is based in Germany. And experts warn that ISIS is testing out its own encrypted Android app. Again, I will mention... Oh, encrypted Android app. That would be the best case you scenario. You know why? Because they couldn't get it on the Apple store because they right. would have to submit it. Well, you, maybe if you jailbreak and you do City Store yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope ISIS starts using their own, their own encryption. That would be great. So it won't have to rely on outside companies at all. Remember, if ISIS is using their own encrypted chat, not only does that mean they're going to implement their own crypto, which is uh, almost guaranteed to fail when you go to do something as sophisticated as that, so the intelligence agencies can break it, but you're also undermining the need to have backdoors in U.S. companies if they're using their own crypto. By the way, one last thing, Chris. Um, you know, I'm not a language expert. Uh, I don't know what, uh, what is this Farsi? I, I don't know. No, no. Comic I, Sans? Oh, uh, no. No, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the language that we're showing on the video. Oh, yeah. Uh, aren't they really paying a stereotypical thing here? Yes. Because racist know, ter- almost? Yeah, because terrorists use all languages. But everything that we always see is uh, what, Farsi or whatever right. this is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's talk about imaging. That's really not. Even right. U.S. tech companies have balked at the notion of new laws. They say encryption is there to protect all kinds of personal data and that if they give law enforcement a way in, Scott, eventually hackers will find their way in, too. Nancy Cordes on Capitol Hill. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks, Th- Nancy. That's the core thing. Uh, encryption. See, what that, the, the debate that is happening today is that encryption and privacy mean you can't have security because security is now equated with the law enforcement's ability to right. crack communications. Yeah. It, is a, it is an odd debate that is happening, Chase. Yep. Uh, and so I, I, I want to make a little Red Book prediction here. Oh, wait. Whoa. Let's yeah. bring out yeah. the Are Red you ready? Book Are you ready? Prediction. Okay, here we go. All right, Mr. Chase. I have a Red Book prediction for 2016. I think 2016, here is what I suspect. Just like we got ramped up with story after story about how awful cyber was, Uh how damaging China is and Iran and Russia, cyber attack, cyber attack, cyber attack. 2016 prediction, here it comes. 2016 is the war on encryption. War on encryption. It's going to be story after story after example after example of why encryption is bad. All right. And I, encryption. 
I say by the summer, we'll be able to determine if the war is going to continue or not. So I don't know how you want to phrase that, but we're going to have to do a check in the summer because I don't... There's because are, are you only going to bonus on this? Here's the mean? bonus. What do you mean? What do you mean? Do you think that this is going to be a topic during the presidential debates? Oh God, that's a good bonus, dude. Here's the bonus for bonus points, Chris. When they when they are when they finally got their candidates and we got our official presidential debates between yeah. Hill Dog and yeah. whoever the other one is. Are they going to talk about encryption? Maybe throw a little privacy well, in there? Well, you know, Hilldog just released a, a like a stance paper on yeah. encryption and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say it is trending to yes, but I don't know if I'm ready to make it. Are you, could you make that commitment yet? Well, I mean, if you think – honestly, Chris, if you think 2016 will be the war on encryption, mm-hmm. you would have to say yes on that because if it wouldn't be yeah, a war right, on encryption, they it. wouldn't talk about do it. Do it. Put yes. Right? You're right. Okay. I'm, on, okay. I'm in. I'm in. You sold right. me. You sold right. me, buddy. All right. All, right. All, right. All right. There we go. All right. Done. Boom. There we go. <laughs> I just do a little bing. You guys know what happens next. Uh, man, you know, speaking of red books, I, I don't know if you're ready to talk about this yet. I'm not. Okay. But, but we I could but jump I, ahead. But, if you want to jump ahead. Well, no, I, I'm just saying I have it here. I yeah, have it. You do. I, I have it marked. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's open up the uh, Patreon segment. So the Unfilter Show yes. is a listener-supported show. Yes. And uh, as such, we keep ourselves accountable to our listeners. And uh, every now and then we go through the red book and we perform an audit as it were, because to be honest with you, that's how we that's roll. How we go. Uh, that's, that's how, how we, we roll. roll. So, Mr. Chase, yes, as you were auditing the Red Book, what did you come across? Uh, can we show the video, please? Uh, and I'll, I'll explain to all the audio people here. Uh, you know, here is our awesome Red Book, by the way. Look at this. By the Beautiful. way, we just gave out some Red Book swag. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Love that. Uh, I'm going to turn back the clock here to episode 149, July 1st, 2015. Uh, let me show that up to the camera there. Ah, that look comes out great. So we talked about the next holiday threat we thought would be Halloween. Okay. Mike Morrow prediction. <laughs> and there was, by the way, attack. I don't know if you, I can't remember if you were here for the part in the supporter show. There were, there was the story about needles in the Halloween yes. candy that did happen. Yes. But uh, I'm going to show the bottom of the page here. Bry Y in by 2016 and Lester will be out. Now, why are you mentioning this? Chase? I'm mentioning this because announced yesterday by NBC News, uh, Brian Williams would be hosting NBC News and filling in for Lester. Ding! Yeah. Yeah, Brian Wise is going to be filling in for Lester. And what's going to happen when Brian Wise sits at the desk? All the ratings are going to go through the roof. And then what's going to happen is NBC is going to be like, man, ratings are back. You know, Lester, we love you. You're going to go back to weekends. You're finally kicking ABC's ass again. You know, because honestly, that's what it comes down to, you yeah. guys. Yeah. It, it honestly comes down I to agree. that. I agree. And, and yeah. you know, this is the problem with mainstream media is they have to go after their ratings. Oh, yeah. They have to that's formulate huge. it on the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Whereas this show, because we're listener funded, we formulate it based on what our patrons, like it's like 406 of you right now. We had to drop off. But like 406 of you right now are who we formulate this show for. That fundamentally changes the DNA of a show and i want to play you so you were talking about nbc nbc news nbc is a clown show well what about the tiffany network oh cbs cbs right the go-to crown in journalism the star the northern star of journalism chase this is why they love donald trump this is why they are corrupted by political money this is why they cannot be trusted to represent actual news I am about to play for you the head of CBS News, and he's going to tell you why Donald Trump is good for them. The advertising climate couldn't be better right now, and I've never seen it this hot for a number of years. Third quarter scatter was phenomenally good, and fourth is even better than that. 
So as the year ends and we move into 16, guess what? In 16, we have an extra AFC champion playoff game. We have the Super Bowl, and we have a year of political advertising that looks like it's shaping up to be pretty phenomenal. Oh. You know, we love having all 16 Republican candidates throwing crap at each other. It's great. The more they spend, the better it is for us. And uh, go Donald. Keep, keep getting out there. And, uh, you know, this is, this is fun. You know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, watching this, let them spend money on us. And yeah. We love having them in, in there. We're yeah. looking forward to a very exciting political year in 16. Yeah, because wow. it makes them nothing but money. That's right. Nothing, no, nothing but money. That's I mean, your news for it. I mean, and, and to be fair, you know, uh, you know, local stations all across the U.S. I mean, local, you know, elections and uh, campaign years and presidential years. It is the biggest thing for you them. Just, it is huge. If you just follow their financial reports, huge. You can see that. Huge. Uh, and so this is why I like crowdfunded media because yes. you know where we're coming from and who we're representing. And we're not the only show in town. In fact, uh, another listener of the Wait, show. There's, there's another show. Yeah, uh, there is another show. From, I, I know. I'm playing. I'm playing. It's called. It comes out twice a week. Called the No Agenda Show. No it's Agenda way, Show. It's with way a, too long. With Adam Curry and yeah. John C. Devore. It is a great show. It, no, full disclosure, that's how I found you. Yeah, yeah, because how? You donated. I donated to their show. Why? And why? Because you believed in that content. I think crowdfunded media is extremely yep. important, and yep, I love it. Absolutely. Their, and uh, now I think their show's too long. Otherwise, it's a fantastic show. Yes. Now, here's the problem they called us out. Whoa, 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 Yeah, specifically whoa. me. And I blame, I blame a listener of the Unfiltered Show. Here's the clip. I'll explain. A hey, citizen from St. Teresa, Quebec. One, two, hey, three, citizen. One, two, three, two, one. And she has a, or he, I don't know if you remember. Uh, oh, he referred to me as, hey, citizen, I need forgiveness and dedouching. Dedouching first? You've been dedouched. Well, dedouching is one thing, but he wants to call out as a douchebag, Chris Fisher. Ouch! Yeah, so you know what I realized? Wait, is there no more than that? Well, that's it right oh, there. Did, oh, that's all that matters. To, oh, that's all that oh. matters. So now here's what I'm thinking: is I got to formulate a donation, and I don't have a lot of money, but I got to come up with an accurate, good amount, and I got to come up with a message to get them to read. Are you going to get deduced? So unfil- <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to get. You're going to get a deduced. It's about time. It's yeah, about time, yeah, right? Yeah. So unfiltered. Yeah, get go to unfiltered.reddit.com. Look for episode 170 and tell me what I how I got to respond, please. Uh, and in the meantime. Sweet Lou wants me to donate a thousand dollars. You'd have to give me the thousand dollars to donate. Totally, yeah, you know what? Say. It would be good marketing though, because it would get us at the top of the show. So if somebody sends in a thousand bucks, I'll pass on eight hundred of it. Something okay. like that, you know? Right, yeah. And then we'll take we'll yeah. take like a two hundred cut for the show and I'll send them a message about unfilter in there. Wow. So and tell me tell me what you think. Anyways, unfilter is uh here's the big news. Here is the big news. Are you ready, Chase? Ladies and gentlemen, I, I have to brace you. This is CNN. Breaking news from Chris. The Unfilter Show will be taking the next two weeks off. Now, I thought about this long and hard. I really, really did because uh, the last uh, couple of months have been the busiest months for this show since Snowden uh, because so much is happening with Syria, terrorism, ISIS, Russia, cyber, as the whole category is called, which includes encryption and NSA. And, and all online chat, yes. 
It almost feels like it could be the build up to World War Three. I mean, I know that sounds like super dramatic, but Rubio said it too. It does kind of feel like it almost could be the build up to World War Three that we have been documenting right here on this show. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that's what it feels like, right? Or I'm not. Rubio said it, right? Rick Santorum said it. Uh, this is an important time in our country's history. We have entered World War III. I mean, I'm not saying I agree, but it does feel like we are like there is a lot going on and it has been a breakneck pace for this show. And so uh, I am getting to the point where I'm 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 burning out because we've just been we have been working so hard uh, for the last few uh, months on this show. And so what my plan is, is we're going to take the last two weeks off. We're going to use that time to sort of upgrade some back-end infrastructure for storage of the clips and organization of the clips because we collect so much media that that needs some tending. Yeah. And something I want to offer to our supporters over at patreon.com slash unfilter is, are you ready for this? It is. I'm, I'm really excited about this. And, and, and on the face of it, it might not seem that neat. But if you're a longtime JB listener, you know how cool this is. I'm going to make a special one-time two-part release of a whodunit crime mystery radio theater episode Nice for the supporters. It'll be posted just for our patrons, $2 and above. An episode, two episodes, one and two. It's a whodunit. I'm going to go back into the old-time radio, the golden age of radio, find some really great kind of uh, mystery theater kind of stuff, and I'll run that for our patrons so you have something to listen to. Uh, and so that way we can nice. kind of take time and take the back end infrastructure offline, do some improvements, do some upgrades, take a little bit of take a little bit of a breather. I'm still going to be following the news, sole producer oh, yeah. Matt and Chase. Yeah. So it's it, our, we will continue to process things. And there's some big stuff happening, like some major budgets that are getting signed. Uh, CISA is uh, very likely going to pass in that time. So we will come back and make sure we cover that really big stuff. But totally. Yeah. So this is the last unfilter for the year. Thank you very much to our patrons, and you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash unfilter. Boom. And then uh, also let me know how you think by, I should respond way, to the By the way, I don't know if you've noticed this, hmm. but they, they finally have improved the uh, the pledge page a bit, where now it actually it accurately shows what we will potentially receive minus fees. Oh, really? I don't know if you realize this. Is that why it's so much lower? Yeah, so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, a lot of you guys who support us on Patreon, we love you guys. And you might be, when you look at the number, you think, oh, wow, these guys were getting, you know, 2,800 or 3,000 or whatever the number was before. But what that number didn't accurately uh, d- reflect was it didn't reflect uh, declined payments. It didn't reflect all the fees that they collect. The uh, Patreon fee and the, pay- and the uh, PayPal fee. So now that number is much more closer to accurate. Yeah. So that's why yep. it, it's, it's, it is what it is. So and we thank have 406 patrons right now, and you can become a patron. You get access to the supporter sync, which this week uh, has a whole bunch of great clips. If that's $5 or more, if you get in at $2 or more, then uh, you get the supporter show, which this week I had a great breakdown of uh, Comey and him talking about the spider web of terrorism that goes over Twitter. Some oh, good yeah. stuff. The, pay- the, uh, the supporter show always covers some interesting things. Yeah. So check it out. And thank you, everybody. Yes. Thank you. All right, Chase. So moving on into our terrorism category, one story we've been following now for a while is supposedly Obama's been getting bad reports on ISIS intelligence, and so now he's taking steps and talking directly to the Pentagon. Partnership. Jennifer, you just reported that the president doesn't seem to think he's getting the full story from his White House insiders? What I'm told by people who were present during the meeting today is that the president was 
somewhat surprised by what he was hearing in terms of things that he thought he had already ordered in terms of the fight against ISIS. I think they are now talking more. About Look, I told them to do it. I thought they were doing it. About a holistic strategy in terms of combating ISIS. And uh, this was a very important meeting for the president to come over here today. He's only been over to the, to the Pentagon to meet directly with his chiefs five times during his presidency. So this is kind of a rare thing for Barry to actually do. Two times in the last year alone. I think the president, and you could tell by the look on his face during the press conference, he's frustrated. He'd like the, he'd like the fight against ISIS to go faster. And, um, and so he was here to reiterate the progress that has been made, but also to get more ideas about what could be done uh, to holistically attack ISIS. Trying to put myself in the position that you just described with the president. If, that were the, if I were sitting in that office and that were the case... Uh, we, we have problems. I mean, are, are there are there problems here? So, Chase, I have a little bacon to fry with you, sir. Oh, you got some bacon. Now. Can you uh, can you let the folks know where this fine bacon is from? This it is tasty. beautiful bacon. Oh, my God. It's so thick and so delicious. Lots it's of from, fat on this one. It's from Montreal, Quebec, man. It is, it is delicious. Now, I think Obama realizes that he's been caught, that they have been massaging the ISIS intelligence all along because they didn't actually want to take ISIS out. And now the fall's going to go to somebody in the White House. And so what he's doing now, because he realizes this is the way the investigation is going to go. Let's be honest. If you're investigating the White House, you get a little heads up where it's oh, going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. So what he says, and his, this, probably everybody that advises him says, it's going to come out that we didn't listen to the Pentagon. We, we, we manipulated the intelligence just like Bush did. What are we going to do about it? Well, Biden can't take the fall like Cheney did, right? You got to right. come up with a yeah. good. You got to come. So somebody in the White House is going to have been responsible for manipulating the intelligence. And so what Barry is doing today, early on, you know, late 2015, but early in this process, because this is going to go on for a while. But early in this process, late 2015, he's saying, "Well, I'm not so sure about the information I'm getting, so I'm going directly to the Pentagon." So now, when this comes up in a year or yeah. se- 7 yeah. 8 months, he can say, "Well, look, as soon as I thought something was up, I started going directly to the Pentagon." I want to play this clip again and just keep that in mind. All right. Today, the United States and our armed forces continue to lead the global coalition in our mission to destroy the terrorist group ISIL, as I outlined in my speech to the nation last weekend. All right. So, do you notice who's standing next to him? You got the defense secretary. You got yeah. your Pentagon folks. All right. So now, remember, he's at I, he's down at the Pentagon, yeah, and he he's, suspects he's getting bad information. Partnership. Jennifer, you just reported that the president doesn't seem to think he's getting the full story from his White House insiders. So, okay. So he's not getting the full story. And now, where is he at? What just happened? What did he just Today, do? Today, the United States and our armed forces continue to lead the global coalition in our mission to destroy the terrorist group ISIL. As I outlined in my speech to the nation last weekend. Our strategy is moving forward with a great sense of urgency on four fronts. All right, let's break this down. So we got four fronts. He's just sitting. Where is he at right now? He's at the Pentagon. He's at the Pentagon doing a briefing. And we're going to break this down. And what I want to do is do a little Orwellian to humans translation. Okay. All right. So All get right. your Orwellian uh, universal translator spinning up. Is that, is that an app? That I can, is it an ISIS app? It's just something you practice. Right, let's okay. try it out and see how you do. Okay. Hunting down and taking out these terrorists training and equipping Iraqi and Syrian forces to fight ISIL on the ground. So arming the folks that are trying to take down uh, the Assad regime, sending arms and Toyota trucks, right? So we're we're breaking stuff. Stopping ISIL's operations by disrupting the recruiting, financing, and propaganda. Going after Turkey, telling them to knock it off, finally shooting down some of the trucks that are driving the oil. 
And finally, persistent diplomacy to end the Syrian civil war so that everyone can focus on destroying ISIL. Relentless pressure to take Assad out of power. You see, so yeah. you see, he says one thing, but he means another thing. It's so, code. Yeah, yeah it is. Code. So it is. It's yeah. code. Like civil war so that everyone can focus on destroying ISIL. Yeah, that's code. That's code for getting code. Assad out of power or right. setting up a transition for Taking Assad. Right. This fall, even before the revolting attacks in Paris and San Bernardino, I ordered new actions to intensify our war against ISIL. So even though some of you have been saying that I was saying ISIL is on the run, uh, uh, I was already ISIS, ahead of this. By the way, Chris. right, right, because he's been getting criticism. Because yeah. the day before the San Bernardino attacks, he said that they were on the run, right? Yeah. So now he's saying, look, even before then, uh, I had this stuff, so I've been seeing this coming. These actions, including more firepower and special operations forces, are well underway. I've sent more boots on the ground, up to four thousand troops, both to Iraq and Syria. This continues to be a difficult fight. As I said before, ISIL is dug in, including in urban areas. Now that Russia is bombing ISIL and ISIS, we really actually have to show some results, and this is a little tougher than it's been. And they hide behind civilians, using defenseless men, women, and children as human shields. Look, I know we've been droning innocent civilians, but we can't help it. So even as we're relentless, we have to be smart, targeting ISIL surgically with precision. That's why it's taken us so long, and we've wasted an entire year and have nothing to show for it. At the same time, our partners on the ground are rooting ISIL out town by town, neighborhood by neighborhood. The people we're funding, the people we've sent trucks to. Block by block. Uh, that is what this campaign is doing. We are hitting ISIL harder than ever. Now the rush is actually doing some damage. We actually have to step up. <laughs> Coalition aircraft, our fighters, bombers, and drones have been increasing the pace of airstrikes. We've actually started flying more strikes out of Turkey. Nearly 9,000 as of today. Last month in November, we dropped more bombs on ISIL targets than any other month since this campaign started. Nothing to do with Russia. We're also taking out ISIL leaders, commanders, and killers one by one. Yeah, we killed people, Chase. Woo! America. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So Obama's not having any of it. He's not having any of that Pentagon shenanigans. He's stepping up. And uh, Russia's not having any of it either. Oh, any of what? That would be uh, people bombing Syria that looks like they're flying coalition jets. Now, mm. Russia's defense ministry says U.S.-led coalition jets were present in the area where the Syrian army was hit by an apparent airstrike on Sunday. Artis Murad Gizdiev is here with me in the studio to discuss what happened. Murad, thanks for coming over to discuss this. So what did the Russian defense ministry say? Well, they're saying that perhaps the United States, which denies hitting uh, this uh, Syrian military position, uh, perhaps it's not telling the whole truth when it says it doesn't know what's happened. Uh, you had four uh, jets in the air. The Russians say it, were, it wasn't their jets. They didn't bomb anything uh, during that day. The United States says it wasn't their jets uh, because they hit a target 55 kilometers away. The Syrians had no aircraft in the air. That only leaves uh, U.S.-led coalition jets. A coalition, by the way, 60 nations, uh, only 10 of which are actually doing something against uh, Islamic State. Uh, now, this airstrike, it, you know, it really looks like it was purposeful. Uh, it, was, it hit and destroyed three armored personnel carriers, four uh, vehicles with uh, weapons mounted on them, killed uh, four Syrian uh, servicemen, military personnel. Uh, so it certainly looks like the airstrike was targeted and they knew what 
they were hitting whoever was behind this. Uh, the Syrians, by the way, say they're carrying out an investigation. They're piecing uh, the bombs back together from mm. fragments they left behind. So I'll watch for any news about that, if they wow. can piece it back together and see who it was tracked back to. But that's kind of interesting, of course. Yeah. I'm sure uh, Putin doesn't have anything really to say about that. He's not going to get him upset. He's not going to take a hard line about that. Any force threatening Russian air groups fighting terrorism in Syria should be immediately destroyed. And oh! That warning came from Vladimir Putin at the end of year meeting of the defense. Any force threatening Russian forces should be immediately destroyed. Defense ministry. I order to act in the toughest way. <laughs> I love this voiceover guy. <laughs> this guy is uh, this guy like hand picked by President Putin you know, himself. Actually, I gotta say this too. Uh, for about that's a, a pretty year. good video screen, by the way. Yeah, it is, man. Look at that. Look at those chairs too. I know. For for a year now, they have had the worst uh, translators for Putin that have made him sound such. Um, well, Get the guy out of theater. I need better guy. Yeah, they have had such a... So finally, finally. Order to act in the toughest way. All parties threatening the Russian forces and our infrastructure on the ground are to be destroyed immediately. He sounds like he's forcing that low talking. voice, too, by the way. I know. Yeah, he's talking like this on purpose because it makes Putin sound like an incredible badass. And he wrestles bears. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when we're talking about badasses, of course, you got to drop the whole nuke thing. Oh. Russian President Vladimir Putin is now warning that the Kremlin could use nuclear weapons on the Islamic State. This comes a day after Russian troops launched a series of missile strikes against ISIS strongholds in Raqqa, Syria. Defense ministry officials say submarines stationed in the Mediterranean Sea fired off the missiles using an underwater system. Russia's state-run media reports, President Putin said troops could switch out those missiles for nuclear warheads, but adds he, quote, hopes they won't have to dip into their nuclear arsenal. So we have Putin calling out Turkey for buying and coordinating the sale of ISIS oil. We have Iraq calling out Turkey. We have Putin threatening the use of nukes. Uh, So it's not that surprising that all of a sudden Mr. Kerry jumps on a plane. The White House requests an emergency meeting session in Moscow. It's like, we need to talk. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry is in Russia today where he held talks with President Vladimir Putin. Situation in Syria was on the top of the agenda prior to the meeting with Putin. Kerry met with the foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. The pair made preparations for the next round of broad international talks on Syria, planned for this Friday in New York. After the meetings, Kerry said that the two countries, quote, see Syria fundamentally very similarly, as RT's Daniel Hawkins reports. Really? It does seem that initial mood of optimism surrounding the talks has paid off. Uh, as we heard there, Kerry has reiterated that there is no uh, policy of isolation towards Russia. No policy of isolation towards Russia. He said huh. that the countries have the ability together to make a significant difference to the Syria crisis. The countries together, together have the ability to make a significant difference. This is what... This is what Kerry is saying. All of a sudden, we are kumbaya, my friend. Uh, very crucially, of course, those talks in New York uh, of the Syria International Support Group will go ahead on Friday. Kerry cited the recent uh, examples of the Iran nuclear negotiations and also the Syrian chemical weapon removal as uh, two examples of Washington and Moscow coming together, uh, putting aside their differences to... 
Amazing. So Kerry cited wow. the fact that Russia worked on the weapons deal with Iran on, on the nuke deal right. and on the chemical weapons deal with Syria, which is things we've been like, hey, guys, if you could work on this, how come you can't work on this particular right. issue? Yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden Kerry's like, yeah, we could totally do that. Maybe it's a Christmas thing. Find solutions to international crises. And it is hoped that this will be another one of those examples. Um, of course, um, Assad's future in Syria does remain a sticking point. It's not all rosy here. But Kerry reiterated that the focus of the meeting was not on differences, but rather on how to move forward. Actually, I have exactly what Kerry said because the uh, mainstream media isn't covering this anywhere. I don't think you're going to see this this weekend at all. I'll just take exactly what Kerry said. You tell me if you think Assad out of, if Assad's off the table. As I emphasized today... Uh, the United States and our partners are not seeking so-called regime change as it is known. We are not seeking regime change as it is known. Uh, in Syria, what we have said is that we don't believe that Assad uh, himself has the ability to be able to lead the future Syria, but we didn't, uh, you know, we, we focus today not on our differences about uh, what can or can be done immediately about uh, Assad, uh, we focused on a process. A process? On the political process. Uh, I'm still not hearing that it's off the table. All right, we'll keep listening. All right. We'll be making decisions for the future. Oh, oh let me back that up, because I think this is actually the key piece, right? This is the key piece. All right. On the political process, whereby Syrians will be making decisions for the future of Syria. Oh, so, so they're going to have a rigged vote? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. But we do believe that nobody should be forced to choose between a dictator and being plagued by terrorists. Our challenge remains creating the conditions on which an alternative can emerge. If you don't believe this is a huge position change, just go Google Assad must go. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a shift. Yeah, it's a huge but, shift. But remember where he is right now making this speech. Okay. Mm. Where he just who whom he just met with, and it's like here's what I'm thinking. You can't come out and straight say that, but man, he's not really. Here's what know. I'm thinking. All right, I'm thinking they All have right. a big meeting in New York next okay. week, right? All right. So let's come together, because here's what I'm thinking. Putin and Moscow are about to blow the cover. I mean, they've been like Turkey yeah. and the oil, and and the next link in that is the fact that Israel is the one buying the oil from Turkey. And they just have to throw that card. Like there are so many things they could threaten with that it gets the White House to request an emergency meeting. Kerry goes over here and works this thing out. And they say, here's what we're going to decide. This is what we're going to agree to in New York. And they make a big plan before they even go to New York. So that way they go there with a unified front. Mm. And, and part of that, because Moscow is calling out the fact that our very own allies and our coalition against ISIS are the people responsible for funding and supplying, healing, and buying oil from ISIS— once you kind of reveal that, we look like a bunch of D-bags, not to mention the fact that Russia's been in there for three months and they have kicked more ass in yeah. three months than we have for the entire year. That's true. So they got to make something. They got to make this look good, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So makes sense. while we don't see eye to eye on every single aspect of Syria, we certainly agreed today and President Putin agreed that we see Syria fundamentally very similarly. We want the same outcomes. We see the same dangers. We understand the same challenges. 
And we all believe that a united, non-sectarian Syria represents the future. Oh. And we also agree that it is a future without Daesh. And we're committed to ISIS. try to continue uh, ISIL. Uh, to uh, destroy Daesh. There you go. So do you think he's using Daesh because he knows it pisses him off? I think, I think to be honest with you, I think that whole— I mean, he uses Daesh. President uses ISIL. We use ISIS. I, I'm just confused. I, I think that whole story that Daesh is the name to use because they don't like it was a bullshit story to make it okay to call them fair Daesh. Enough, fair enough. I, the reason why I don't buy that is because before we ever called them ISIS or ISIL, Dash. they call themselves Daesh in That's the Middle true. East. Right. They call themselves that, and the people in the Middle East call them Daesh or whatever. So, no, I don't buy that it's because they don't like it. The reason why I think we're starting to call them now Daesh is because now we want to say homegrown lone wolf terrorism has been inspired. This is a Daesh attack. ISIL, ISIS, uh, Islamic State, IS, that all implies the Middle East. It doesn't imply a global reach. It doesn't imply a hatchet man in New York. It doesn't imply a couple in San Bernardino. It doesn't apply an attack in Australia. It doesn't apply an attack in Texas. It doesn't imply attacks in, in Paris. Right. It is the Middle East. So if you go Daesh, well, that dude, that's that's worldwide. I mean, you know, okay. That's worldwide, man. Right, that that's world, sense. Worldwide, worldwide. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, this is kind of interesting. I, I, I mean, and I play this for you because it really genuinely feels like a fundamental shift in the head of the U.S. government's approach to Moscow. Not only are we willing to bend on Assad, but now – I got the quotes linked in the show notes. As this stuff happens, we're also willing to roll back the sanctions. We are making huge changes, and I think this next clip I'm about to play for you is completely, absolutely planned ahead of time to make it look like – even the top people in the U.S. like to shop in Moscow. This is a big deal. This is Propaganda 101 here. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. All right, well, so what we are seeing is vertical video of John Kerry Christmas shopping in Moscow. Now, there's no indication he's actually Christmas shopping, but, of course, this is the title of the YouTube video. And as you watch, it is obviously planted. Listen to some of the horrible exchanges. Hey, sir. Everybody good? I'm good. My name is Samir. I'm from Egypt, actually. I'm good. Nice to meet you, Samir. Nice to meet you. So, so John Kerry, just walking out in the streets of Moscow, walks up and... By so, the way, remember, Secretary of State, nothing's planned because there's secret... Uh, well, uh, does he have secret service or he has see, high security or whatever? See how he... So he's he's walking out of the store just in time. He immediately walks out. He makes looking, eye contact. He's making left. Imme- looking left. Yeah. He immediately makes eye contact and he yeah. walks up to the person holding the camera phone. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, sir. Good? Wait, I'm did good. he just slip my on something? Wait, 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 wait. Look at his hand and, and look I don't at the, think so. I'll, look I'll at back the bottom fingers and how they're cupped. You'll have to. Just, oh, just, you're right. Just, just like his pinky you're right. and that his ring finger. Like... Just All right, watch. So watch, watch. Watch carefully. Oh, my God, dude. You're right. He reaches into his pocket first and. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Oh. And he, why would he do that? Why oh. would it? Why would why his hand was already out? Why would it go into his pocket and then come back out again? This is Kerry working for himself. This is Kerry's own personal propaganda team. 
Well, look at Carrie out here. This is genius. You're right, Thanks, dude. Sir. Everybody good? And, and you could see the fingers kind of cupped back like this. That is like weird. Like, can, you, can, you, can you throw this up real quick? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he had his hands kind of like this. Yeah, you can yeah. see it a little bit. Yeah, so for those of you listening, you'll have to get the sink. It is really something. Wow. My name is Samir. I'm from Egypt, actually. I'm going to meet you, Samir. Nice to meet you. So, anybody from Moscow here? Moscow? Yeah. yeah, from Moscow. Yeah. Anybody I can get my message out to? Yo, yo, what's up, Moscow in the house? <laughs> How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm from Paris. No, we don't care. Yeah, yeah. I'll shake your hand. And too. then they ask him, "Do you have any messages you want to give to the people of Russia?" Like, why would they ask him that? That's such a weird, That's a weird thing. thing. Yeah, that is a weird thing. Man, he, must, he must have paid him off. While we're talking about Russia uh, and Turkey, there has been an interesting development with Iraq and Turkey. A row between Iraq and Turkey over Ankara's deployment of troops in northern Iraq has seen Baghdad take its case to a higher level. The Iraqi prime minister has called on NATO to use its authority and urged Turkey to immediately withdraw its forces, but Ankara insists the deployment of its soldiers was part of a training mission coordinated with Baghdad. Here's how the row has been escalating. So Turkey and Iraq are going after each other here, right? And Turkey's been sending sending their own troops into Iraq. Iraq tells, tells Turkey this is going to be considered an act of aggression. And then Turkey says, no one should interpret our help in the wrong way. Iraq says, you have 48 hours to withdraw your troops. And then Turkey says, no further truces will be, troops will be deployed. Those already there are just going to hang out and stay. Then Iraq says, we're going to take this matter to the U.N. So you have uh, Iraq kind of taking an interesting position. And the reason why I play this clip for you is I think the bigger story here is um, the Iraqi government and the Russian government are working together. Uh, RT played this, made this infographic for a reason, right? The, there is yeah, gonna totally. Be, they're not going to waste their time. Right? In early 2016, there's going to be more about Iraq and Moscow working together to fight terrorism and not working with NATO and some of our allies. That's my prediction for early 2016. Right. Uh, so uh, then a little bit of just uh, a little bit of breakdown here of some more Orwellian speak, because we did claim uh, that Turkey is responsible for buying ISIS's oil. So the State Department spokesperson was asked directly about that. Leslie and then. Can we just come Barbara. back to this oil thing? Because sure. the, the Russians have been very specific about about this. What you're rejecting is that the, <laughs> the Turkish... <laughs> I, I don't mean to interrupt her. Do you see, uh, for all of you watching the video, watch the spokesperson closely. He's flipping to the tab. Oh, yeah, this is how they book. do it. I mean, it's this just is, like... This is how every State Department and Pentagon official does it. They have tabs and oh, binders for everything. And like he's already going. He's like, all right, I'm oh, getting yeah. this answer oh, yeah. ready. I, I watch the daily briefings, and this is oh, their process. Wow. Uh, you know, Erdogan and, and so on are involved in, in this. That's what you're rejecting, right? So she's asking, are you rejecting that the Turkish government is involved with the purchase and trade of ISIS oil? I am. And that's and that's been uh, so that, that specifically. Well, two points of clarity or clarification, rather. Um, that has been a central argument that they've been making, uh, you know, for the past week or so um, that the Turks, the Turkish government is complicit in this smuggling. Um, I, I can't deny that there's or I can't say categorically that there's not smuggling uh, taking place on the Turkish-Syrian border. Um, as I said, that's, that's long-established and predates ISIL. That's long-established, Chase. Long-established. But 
what we've seen um, through our own uh, uh, intelligence and, and uh, you know, um, guessing and sources <laughs> is that a lot of that transaction takes place, as I said, at the wellhead or at the source, and it's then uh, sold to the smugglers, uh, truck drivers, whatever. This is the big meme why they can't track it to Israel or Turkey. They can't track it to uh, Syria or wherever because it's sold at the oil well. Now, they can track it to Assad, but they can't track it anywhere else because it's sold right at the source. Then carry out whatever that uh, network of, uh, of smuggling is. The, the, the Russian... Now it goes to Matt uh, from the AP, who always asks great questions. You say you categorically reject the allegations that the Russians have made, but I don't. Can you speak for the entire, for all elements of the Turkish government? Are you able to, Matt? Are you able to say that there isn't anyone in the Turkish government who is not involved in the kind of thing that the Russians are accusing? Them of being. And the Russians have provided evidence. They have provided lots of documentation. The U.S. State Department has provided no documentation. We're confident that the Turks are uh, strong partners in addressing this threat on their border. That's not an answer. No. <laughs> and they're working in conjunction with you. I can't categorically, I mean, I can't to a man say that some corrupt. To a man, corrupt official, and right. some. You, yeah, but what, what the allegations the are? No, but, but Matt, about the what the government. allegations have been is that know. the Turkish government has yeah. that the Erdogan uh, president, uh, you know, have been complicit in this, and that's just that's not true. Actually, I think it is exactly true. Well, but well, you don't. But you can't. Can you speak for them, really? I mean, how, how are you so sure? We work very closely with the Turks. We've okay. been in. Uh, you know, they're good friends of ours. Yeah, uh, I mean, we we chat on Telegram. Yeah. I mean, we had to ship the uh, weapons from uh, Libya to somewhere. Yeah, had to go through somewhere, yeah. Dialogue with them, discussions with them. Uh, they're NATO ally. Uh, and you know, they're a NATO ally, so... That, that means they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Trusted partner. Did you know that? Uh, the thing is that... Of the oil smuggling that's going on. Now, this is an RT reporter who always has some great questions for this guy. Do you reject that too? The scale? The scale of it? Yes. Uh, I, I don't have any. These uh, aerial images show huge convoys hey. with uh, what Russia says no are her. oil trucks crossing the Turkish Syrian border unhindered. And so the Russian government has released hundreds of images of oil trucks going from the spots where ISIS controls territory into Turkey. And one of the images shows, and, and there are many, shows 240 trucks on the Turkish side of the border and over 40 similar trucks on the on the Syrian side of the border. Again, I'm not are you saying to... that it doesn't raise any red flags here? Well, look, first of all, uh, you know, I'm not going to speak to the credibility of, of your satellite imagery um, <laughs> uh, from this podium, certainly. Uh, secondly... No, we've never said that oil smuggling from ISIL is not a problem. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> that there's no uh, oh. Oh. Uh, wow. Turkish government uh, uh, complicity. He's right. There's no official complicity. It's unofficial complicity that is the problem. The full clip is in the uh, supporters saying, wow. love to see them uh, have that taken to them, though. Uh, and I'm glad to see that Turkey's getting called out for that, Chase. Uh, now, I feel like we should wrap up a little bit on some good news. And since the debates did just happen yesterday, and, and the reason why these are becoming newsworthy now is as January and February approach, the uh, candidates have to kind of start to lock in their ground. Yeah. They have to actually start having some good footing. And so this is actually semi-becoming newsworthy. And so I'm guessing a lot of you didn't bother watching the entire debates because you knew we might give you some of the highlights. 
Trump says we ought to close that internet thing. Donald, you know, is great at at the uh, one-liners, but he's a chaos candidate. And this is what it's like to be on the floor of the United States Senate. <laughs> Endless debates about how many angels on the head of a pin from people who've never had to make a consequential decision. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. It's actually merciful if you go ahead and finish the job rather than death by a thousand pricks. So you are okay with the deaths of thousands of innocent children and civilians. It's, it's like, you got it. So when you ask yourself, whoever you are, that think you're going to support Donald Trump, think, do you believe in the Constitution? They can kill us, but we can't kill them. That's what you're saying. If you want something talked about, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Well, I think if you're in sexist. favor of World War III, you have your Very candidate. Sexist. Virtually the entire early portion of the debate was Trump this, Trump that, in order to get ratings. But Mr. Like Trump, you've gotten to know him over the last three or four days. He has a wonderful temperament. <laughs> He's just fine. Don't worry about it. Ted, you support legalizing people who are in this country illegally. That for Marco to suggest our record's the same, it is like suggesting the fireman and the arsonist have the same record because they're both at the scene of the fire. Are you ready to reassure Republicans tonight that you will run as a Republican and abide by the decision of the Republicans? I really am. There you go. I really am. Now, so I, I played that because it just sort of busts through it really quick. Uh, though I did have a moment I kind of enjoyed in the debate. <laughs> they just sort of the clown show yeah, of it. I mean, this is a tough incredible. business oh, to yeah, run for oh, president. I know. You're a tough guy, Jeb. I love, I love giving Jeb yeah, a you're poke. you're a tough guy. I love giving Jeb a poke. If nothing else, Trump gives Jeb a poke. And I, I just... I. I'm sorry, I don't like. Are Jeff you Bush. saying you love Jeff? I thought you you were telling me in the pre-show today yeah. that uh, that you love that That's, you wanted to chase. You're revealing our secret arc to be really to be revealed in so, Unfiltered 2016. Sorry. And we need to have a leader that is real tough. You're never going to be president of the United States tough, by insulting yeah. your way to well, the let's presidency. Let's see, I'm at 42 and you're at three, so Doesn't so matter. far I'm doing better. Doesn't matter. You know, Jeb's got varicose veins in his cheeks and he's got that Bush <laughs> nod. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it. I, I, Trump's got the better red tie, in my opinion. I think he's you're got right. The better tie. He does. It does look better on camera it actually does, yeah. better. you know you started off over here jeb you're moving over further and further pretty soon you're going to be off the end this doesn't do a thing boy jeb looks really bothered doesn't he did you right. see that look on yeah you? he's like he looked at him like man you weren't talking that way in between commercials i think no that look is i am too elite for you to be talking to me like this look at that look that is, I'm going to kill you. Look at those eyes, dude. <laughs> look at, seriously, look at those eyes. Yeah, they're bugged out. Look at that. You know what You know what that look looks like to me? It's that the, creeps me it, out. No, it's the, you have no idea who you're dealing with look. It's the, wow, you have no idea. Ooh, man, that gives me the heebie-jeebies just looking at that. Holy smokes. That is really something. Yeah, so there no you go. Idea. We have more clips uh, in the uh, supporters thing if you want to watch the debates. Vote for me. Uh, some really good stuff in there, including uh, some uh, some good Hillary. Rand Paul moments in there. That's right. uh, and uh, oh well, let's play this one Lindsey Graham thing here. This is this is pretty good. The American president is the strongest voice in the world until Obama came along. <laughs> now we're just one of many. When you ask people to help you. When you entice Syrians to join your cause, to take down the dictator they hate, Assad. to destroy ISIL, which will attack our homeland, okay. and you sit on the sidelines and watch the Russian president kill them. 
This is some damn circular logic. Hold wow. on. This Wait, is yeah. that is rough, man. It makes it harder for us to get partners in the future. The point I'm trying to make is we got to mean what we say. <laughs> this guy is. Wait, wait, wait. Was this like, uh, was he downloading The Price is Right? Man. And then he got the, the ding, ding, ding. All right, I, that's good. I feel like the painkillers kicked in a little f- sooner than uh, Lindsay expected. And I am begging people to wake up to Syria. The next 9-11 is coming from Syria. Senator it's Graham. coming soon. We better do something about it. Watch out, Chase. Plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. Look at that. Look uh, at that face. He's got a plan. <laughs> I got a plan. <laughs> He's got a- <laughs> Remember, this was the uh, debate undercard, by the way. This was the uh, this was the opening act debate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Yes. All right, so a couple of more stories before we get out of here. One, because we just love to talk about drones since day uh, one on this oh, show. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Um, registration? The FAA is rolling out a new program to rein in reckless drone use. A study out this month reports more than 150 close calls. Reckless drone use, Chase. Reckless drone use. In the last two years, in 28 cases, pilots took evasive action. Chris Van Cleve is inside a Best Buy store in Alexandria, Virginia. Look at this guy. Product (laughs) placement. He's inside a Best Buy store holding a drone. We don't want anybody to buy any drones, but we're going to show off drones right now. With a controversy over this new policy. Chris, good morning. Uh, Good morning. I'm a clown show. Good morning. A new poll finds about 35% of Americans want to own a drone, and estimates have as many as a million of these being given as gifts this holiday season. The FAA is now saying you have to register your new toy before you fly it. This is... This is... So, my good friend, and I'm not making a joke, my good friend Joe, which you yeah, know, yeah. he flies uh, yeah. flies these things. He's yeah. a hobbyist. He yeah. loves uh, remote control aircraft. Right. He loves uh, building these things. He actually yeah. he doesn't buy the pre-made kits. He actually builds them and puts them together and stuff. This All, all this does is it, it's a, essentially a, a tax on, on the hobbyists, right? Uh, now, obviously, there are people out there that, that don't understand the rules that do fly too close to airports, but... Here's the thing. If you're a dick and you're going to buy one of these things and you want to fly it towards airspace or you want to fly it above 400 feet and you want to break the rules, you're not going to register it. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is that is a good point. And it'll be interesting to watch how they try to enforce something like this. Oh, well, they're, they're, they're trying to – I don't know if you saw this, but they're trying to scare people into registering these because they're basically treating them as aircraft. Like if you don't like, – it's yeah. like if you have an aircraft and you don't register it, it's like a $250,000 fine. That's what they're trying to scare people into yep. registering these to do. They got to do something because they know they're going to be like one of the number one gifts this year. That's the thing. I wish I got one. So uh, producer Matt wanted us to end on a happy note. Oh, for happy the last note. show. Yeah, for yeah, the last show. For last show of 2015. Now, I got to say, uh, if you are missing out on Unfilter and you've just recently become a supporter, yes. go check out the supporter show. It is way more show, yes. lots of extra stuff. We're going to have something in the post show that's going to be really great. Yes. Uh, but I do want to end our last show on a bit of a happy note. Yes. Uh, your good friend. My buddy. Your buddy, Jimmy Carter. Uh, yes. Good news, right? Very good news. 
There is some very good news to report regarding former President <laughs> Jimmy that. Carter. The 91-year-old said yesterday that he is cancer-free. Carter made the surprise announcement at a Georgia church where he teaches Sunday school in August. He started treatment for melanoma that had spread from his liver to his brain. And with us now with more is ABC's medical editor, Dan Childs. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Dan looks like a child, doesn't he? Wow. <laughs> Reverse gene therapy. Yikes. <laughs> you know what's really great is yeah. if you want to see uh, mainstream media at its worst go watch this clip uh they ask him at some point if we should be happy about this news wait what yeah stop it's so good uh, it's it's got three minutes left stop. and you should really go watch it stop it it's in the unfiltered supporter sync 170 go get the source code for all of that mr chase yes chris that brings us to a triumphant end to 2015 i've been looking forward to 2016 yes unfiltered.reddit.com is where you can go Give us more info. Absolutely. Be part of our intelligence network. Give and us that, feedback. And that keeps going every single day. So even though we won't be here next week or the week after, you can go to that website, engage in the conversation. Yeah. I love the discussions. I know we have a lot of people that submit a lot of links, and we'd love all of you to do that, but we yep, love yep, the yep. discussions. Yep, 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 yep. And yep, yeah, yep, yep. the chat rooms remind us we're going to do the RT propaganda clip in the post show, so if you're a supporter, check that out. Yes. Uh, and also, I'm going to try to get those um, old-time radio retrospective, like Radio <laughs> nice. Revolver-style shows. A whodunit type thing. I yes. haven't quite decided which episodes yet I'm going to feature, but if you have an inquisitive mind, I think you'll enjoy it. By the way, Chris, we're going to start planning the Star Trek uh, podcast, Ooh. right? Because of the new Star yeah, Trek show. I know, yeah, right? We need to start planning. Yeah. By I, the way, <laughs> yeah. That's going to be that's, that's going to happen. Awesome. All right, so when yes. you want to join us live, go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. JBLive.tv is where we do it. You want to check out Mr. Nudis on the web, where would I go? Well, uh, I'm going to plug geekgamer.tv because this Sunday, so if you're listening live, or getting in on the podcast. This Sunday, was it, the 20th, uh, Minecraft Me Returns. We're doing a big show, big holiday special, so please join us for that. Uh, but you can also follow me at Nunes, at N-U-N-E-S. And you, it. what can people at follow Chris you? At Chris L-A-S, sir. And don't forget, the Unfil- Jupiter Signal. Also, right? yeah, at Jupiter Signal for the network. Unfilter yeah. at JupiterBroadcasting.com for the emails. Nice! Not so bad. All right, everybody, I hope you have a great holidays. Hope you have a great New Year's. We'll yes. see you back here early 2016. JupiterBroadcasting.com slash calendar for the next show. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode, and we'll see you right back here in next well, three weeks. Weeks. Weeks.